Hello, and welcome to The Bad Pen Pal. My name is Colin Parker, and I am your host. This show is all about how I am terrible at keeping up with people. And this week, we have a very, very, very special guest, um, because the person that we have to speak to is the person who is the inspiration for this entire show, the inspiration for this entire series, the one and only Julie Roberts. Hello. Hi. That was such a nice introduction. Thank you. Of course. Julie, (laughs) you're one of my favorite people in the entire world. I will always give you the best of introductions. I know they can't see, but I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) So, Julie, before we get into everything, Mm -hmm. um, I figured since, you know, it's that thing of people probably don't know me and people may not know you. So we should kind of give a little bit of background. So why don't you tell the listeners back at home kind of, you know, who you are, what you do, and um, we can talk a little bit about how we met, I guess, as well. Yeah, sure. So I'm Julie. I am 23 years old in the beginnings of a theatrical career, um, meaning that I am trying and I think doing a pretty damn good job of being a professional (laughs) actor. Um, I hail from Maryland originally. Got to represent. If you know anybody from Maryland, then you know if you are from Maryland, you have to say you're from Maryland. So I'm from Maryland. Um, Colin and I met each other under kind of like very random and weird circumstances. Um, I was um, dating someone back in high school that he was in plays with. And, you know, we sort of met each other and connected and we ended up sort of um, becoming friends over falling apart together at the same time under a similar situation with different people. And ever since then, we've just sort of had this like mutual trust and understanding of being able to talk to each other about whatever is going on you know, inside our minds. Um, mm-hmm. And ever since then, it's just sort of been, you know, sometimes we lose touch for a couple of months, but we always like find our way back to each other. Um, right. So I think it's, it's pretty special. I don't think I have something like that with anyone else. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like the way that that has been described because that's sort of the reason why this show came about. Right. So we were very bad at kind of keeping in touch because there was a point in time where our schedules were just so different that I would like text you in the morning. You would text me like once in the afternoon and then I would answer late at night and then you would respond in the morning. So it was like, you know, it was like two to three text messages every day for like maybe a week and then we wouldn't say anything for two months. Mm-hmm. So you were like, you know what? This might be easier if we became pen pals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started writing letters back and forth, like right at the time that I went back to college. Mm-hmm. And then finals hit, and then I stopped sending letters because I got stressed and got busy. Yeah. And then at the beginning of the next semester, you were like, are you ever going to send me a letter? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) So then we would do that, and then finals had hit. So we've done this three times now where it's like we start to get into the swing of things, and then I fail, right? So I'm a bad pen pal. (laughs) Um, And I was like, how do I do this? Like, How do I stay in contact with people Mm -hmm. when I'm so bad at it? Um, and obviously I enjoy podcasting and I was like, I'm going to try to combine the two things. That being said, I will get back on writing letters. I will today. Yeah, after this sure episode you will, Colin, recorded, sure. I will, no, <laughs> I will write a letter today. Um, that is a promise. And I'll give an update on the next episode. Awesome. I can't um, wait. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, and, and to also sort of piggyback one last thing on something that you said, uh, something that I really appreciated was that, you know, when we 
were sort of in that phase of like, oh, our lives were kind of having very similar things at the mm-hmm. same time. So we were sort of helping each other through that. That was sort of the only thing that we initially started talking about. Mm-hmm. And then just like in passing, we once mentioned The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And then we just started talking about The Walking Dead. And then we started talking about, I can't remember what was next, but it was just like. Guy Fieri. It's, it's fun That's to what see. was next. Yes. You cannot forget yep, Guy right. Fieri. That's so true. Because Solid foundation of anything. Any friendship is Guy Fieri. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I just love that anytime there's anything related to him on Facebook, like one of us tags each other in the, mm-hmm. in it and it's like, welcome to Flavortown, or this is the best thing to happen to Flavortown since donkey sauce, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's all sorts of wonderfulness. And I love that that's how, I love that that's how things kind of progress and like friendships in the modern age, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, the way that this show works is kind of similar to the way that we write to each other, right? Usually, I mean, you and I usually do a lot more like life updates and then we ask some questions. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you and I will just sort of like, especially if there hasn't been anything up to, sorry, to update each other on recently, um, we start sending each other just like a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm going to ask you some questions, uh, and we're going to get to know each other a little bit. Um, well, you and I know each other, but the, the fans will get to know you. Okay. If you could have three condiments in your fridge for the rest of your life, what would they be? Oh, thank you for giving me an easy one to start with. Mayonnaise, <laughs> buffalo sauce, and probably Thousand Island dressing. D- does dressing count as a condiment? I, I would say so. I use ranch as like a condiment. I put Thousand Island dressing on way more things than salad, so I feel like it counts for me. Oh, that was what such an easy one. What do you put Thousand Island dressing on? Um, <laughs> oh, now this is going to start to get embarrassing. Um, I really like Thousand Island dressing on like, so I'm a vegetarian, obviously. You know that. Not everybody else knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really like like Boca has these like chicken patties that obviously like aren't made of Uh real chicken but they're like really darn good and if you just put like a little bit of thousand island dressing on them with like (laughs) a potato roll mm, i'm telling you it's good i know (laughs) i know this is an audio format but i wish everyone could see the hand motions and like the small (laughs) dance that was going along with this like you gotta like sit on my hands there's true no, I speak I talk with my hands all the time. But there's truly like an appreciation here for the <laughs> fake chicken patty sandwiches. It's fantastic. Okay. Um when you make a grilled cheese sandwich, is it just cheese or do you ever put anything else on it? Um I would say by and large it's just cheese. If I am if I am smoking of substances sometimes i get creative (laughs) um but i would say if i'm just like going for a standard grilled cheese sandwich usually i'm gonna have that with tomato soup so that's sort of like how i couple it together same that's such a classic that's Mm -hmm. such a classic way to go um now if you had a plane ticket to anywhere in the world but you had to leave in one hour and you could only pack a backpack where would you go and i could only pack a backpack yeah where would I go? So then I guess like it, it can't really be far, right? Well, no, you you have a plane ticket to take you anywhere. Yeah. But it's like you're leaving in an hour. So all you have time for is to just like throw some shit in a backpack. And so get this out is, okay. So to be clear, this isn't a question about the backpack. 
Right. Like, it's just more of saying like you can't take like a shitload of stuff with you. It's like, okay. Okay. It's, okay. You know, it's like a backpack is like the confines. Because like me being for. who I am, I'm like this is a logistical nightmare. Okay, hold on. Um, <laughs> I would probably. I think I've wanted to go to Australia since I was like eight years old. I feel like I have to say Australia. I've just been like super fascinated with like the wildlife there for so long. Like there's so many like animals and bugs and things that like we just don't have over here. Um. So I'd, I'd be really excited. Like, I could just take a backpack with me and, like, go on a is, – is it a safari if it's in Australia? I have no idea. An Australian safari, then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You find $20 on the street, mm-hmm. and you have to spend it immediately. What do you spend it on? $20 on the street. Mm-hmm. So I find $20. <laughs> I would probably <laughs> spend it on food. um do you want like more specific like where i would spend it sure where would you spend it (sighs) if i am not in a place where i'm like oh julie you need to eat healthy for your life and your soul um i would probably go somewhere where there's donuts i'd probably buy like 20 dollars worth of donuts i know that's like psychotic like julie you can't eat 20 dollars worth of donuts but what do you mean you can't? I mean, I sh- maybe the correct word is I shouldn't eat $20 worth of donuts. But I have this vegan donut place in Philadelphia that I really like, uh, Dottie's Donuts. Mm-hmm. And um, their donuts are, like, more expensive because they're vegan and, like, handmade. So, like, a specialty donut is, like, you know, three fifty or so. So I could see myself, like, spending $20 on donuts there. That's probably what mm-hmm. I'd do. I really appreciate also the idea here that um, – Something that was similar to the chicken patty thing. I think anytime we talk about food, we become a little bit more lively. <laughs> yes! Just a little bit more movement, a little bit more dancing. I know, it's we're like, both about the oh, food. Yeah, we're all donuts. about the food. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, now this one might be a topic that I think hits a lot of people uh, a little close to the chest. Okay. It can be somewhat like, not necessarily uncomfortable, but it's that thing of like, it could have been a traumatic experience hmm. for everybody, right? All right, so I'm an open book. You, I'm ready. Yeah. Did you own an iPhone or an iPod in the early 2000s when Apple just like automatically put U2 on everyone's devices? Yes. How did that make you feel? Well, initially I was just like, I think I was like 15 or something. So initially I was just kind of like, this is annoying. I don't really care for U2. But <laughs> which because I don't. <laughs> so I remember talking to my friends about it and like some of my more deep thinking friends were like, that's like a huge breach in privacy for them to just be able to like put music on your phone. And like, how would you feel if they put pictures on your phone, if they put messages in your phone, like that gets creepy, that gets heinous. But at the same time, I'm like sad to say it, but I've always been the kind of person where like, I just kind of live in this technological world and I understand that like I don't have privacy, but it doesn't really bother me because I'm like nobody else has it either. And I'm not the kind of person that does or says or lives any type of way that anybody else really cares about. So, you know, there's that Internet meme going on, like where there's like an FBI agent, like looking at you through your camera phone. I'm just like, like, what do you have to watch? Like me sitting here watching The Office like 24 hours a day. That's not exciting. Like if you if that's what you want to watch, then that's fine. But 
you're not going to get much of a show. So I don't know. I wasn't really emotional about it. I was going to say, because I get many Snapchats uh, of the heartfelt moments on both The Office and um, (laughs) Parks and Rec, where something will be happening, and you're hearing like this beautiful speech and just these very quiet... Sniffling in the oh, background, probably. Yeah, sniffling or going like, oh, God, here it is. Like, stuff like <laughs> that. Like, and it's it's just so adorable. But it's always like, I can always tell what season you're on because like, <laughs> you know, or what episode you're on because there'll be days and days and days and days and days of nothing. And then all of a sudden it's like, here's 12 videos to give you the full, you know, minute and a half long speech that Ron <laughs> gives Leslie that makes her just sob. And you're like, oh, my God, such good friends. <laughs> So, all right, what is one topic that you could comfortably talk about for 20 to 30 minutes that maybe not many people know about? That not many people know about the topic or people don't know that I know about that topic? Let's say either or. Colin. That's a good question. I need structure in my life, okay? (laughs) That's true. But like, let's say, let's say kind of similar to that other thing that uh, another question that I asked earlier, let's say all of a sudden someone says, Hey, Julie, don't forget you have a Ted talk in five minutes. Oh, I know. Oh, I know what it would be about. Okay. What would your Ted talk be about? The trial of OJ Simpson. Really? Really? I, I had, I had a little bit of like a crisis of self when I watched, um, the entirety of the Netflix series, the trial of OJ Simpson and American mm-hmm. crime story, because you know, the, the trial and this whole thing was happening when I was an infant. Like I think the event happened in June of 94. I wasn't even born yet. Um, so the trial was happening like around the time of infancy and my parents were journalists when I was younger. And so they always mm-hmm. had the radio on, always had the TV on. And I remember from a very young age hearing about OJ Simpson, but the gravity of the situation and like how big of a deal it was to society was something that was always neither here nor there for me. So watching the trial really put everything into perspective as far as, you know, not just how big of a deal the trial was, but how the prosecution ended up losing and why the state ended up winning. And it was just like, Oh my gosh, I could talk about it forever, especially because I love the Kardashians. That's like, I shouldn't say guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty about anything I like, but the Kardashians is like something I follow and is really important to me. And Robert Kardashian was a lead attorney on that. And then in the show, they didn't talk at all about the fact that Chris, Chris Kardashian at the time was definitely sleeping with OJ Simpson and Khloe Kardashian is definitely OJ's. And they didn't talk about that at all. See, okay, now I'm going. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. See, that's that's the whole point. Like, I love this. Um, I could talk about it for literally f- ever. <laughs> I love the fact that I said, like, you know, what could you comfortably talk about for 20 to 30 minutes? And, like, I like the fact that, you know, you apologized because it's like, you don't have to apologize. Like, if, if you wanted to spend the next 20 minutes just talking about that, I wouldn't even complain. It's wild, though. Like, Colin, for serious, if you have not watched the show, if you had not done research, and then after you watch the show and do your own research, because you have to do your own research... Then you have to look into the Kardashian side of things, because let me tell you, it is wild. I have not watched the series. Um, I have done a little bit of my own research um, because and now again, I don't know how truthful this is. But like I remember reading that one of the big things that they used to kind of get him out of the situation, right, was to tell him not to take his um, his medication Mm. uh, so that his hands would swell, swell up because, you know, like blood pressure. 
the then the glove wouldn't fit. Then the glove wouldn't fit, so you must have quit, mm. right? And so like that's like I mean again, just dirty tactics, you know. Oh my gosh, it is literally wild to anybody that listens to this. You should watch it. It is a rabbit hole that you should go down, that you should spend your time on. It is absolutely interesting and fascinating. And I mean, it's one of the most important trials of our century, of our generation, Mm -hmm. I would say. What would it take to get you to do a like, I don't know, biweekly or even monthly released podcast about the trial of OJ Simpson. Oh my God. I mean, I think like I probably have enough knowledge to do a couple episodes on something like that. But I, I mean, I have, I've never been like on a podcast before. Like I have no podcast know how. Well, you're doing it right now. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would need to, I mean, obviously. I'm the kind of person that prepares like I would I would want to go through my notes and figure out like what do I want the arc of like all the episodes in the season mm-hmm. to be about and things like that but I have so many feelings all the time about this like all the feelings in the world and I only every so often like find someone else who like also has seen the show and got super interested in it and then we can kind of geek out and then I like go back into my little like hiding hole like privately digging through information at one in the morning about the OJ Simpson (laughs) trial and the Kardashians and Bob Shapiro and whoever else. So, right. Well, (laughs) it's something to consider because I am enthralled and I would definitely listen to, you know, like if you, if you know, um, I'm sure like, I think everyone at this point has heard about the podcast serial, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, you know, just episodic, but like, it's, you know, not super like, time-based you know like they just kind of release when they can uh i would definitely listen to you talk about this for for ages (laughs) well thank you i'll think about it for Um, sure hey everybody it's colin parker here your podcasting buddy your host of this show your pen pal and your um Root beer aficionado. Uh, so <laughs> I'm here this week to say a couple of things. The first thing before I get into some of the sort of ad break stuff is that I wanted to apologize for some of the audio quality stuff that you're going to have in this episode. When Julie and I sat down to record, we realized that there was sort of no way to avoid my audio from the phone or from the call rather to uh, not be picked up by her microphone. And so sometimes when we talk at the same time because of internet lag, my voice can sort of get out of sync a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, like it was just too good of an episode to not air. Um, so, you know, we, we went ahead and did this. Um, it should hopefully only really show up here and there. Uh, the second ad that I would like to kind of give to you is something for, uh, a band actually, instead of a podcast this week. Stacked Like Pancakes is a band that is uh, from the area in which I am from, right? You know, they're from Maryland, from the Baltimore area. And, uh, you know, they're very good friends of the show, very good friends of the network. If you haven't listened to the most recent Journey Under 30, which you absolutely should, we had Kellen McKay, the lead singer, frontman, guitar player, everything, uh, you know, all the above sort of thing, um, on the show. And we interviewed him about his craft, about, you know, creating music and uh basically taking a band that kind of started at nothing and is is sort of getting itself out there without a record label and without any sort of major help. 
Their journey has been pretty impressive, and it's been a lot of fun to follow. I've been a fan of theirs since, uh, I think, 2008 or 2009. I can't remember which year we first met. But I do know that uh, I've been friends with them uh, for a very long time and been following this this you know, this know band's path, and uh, it's definitely one worth looking at. They are currently in the process of getting ready to make their third album called Strange Creatures, and so they have this Kickstarter going for it. Uh, There's a lot of really great packages. I have already donated to it. I cannot wait to hear this album. The little bits that we've heard so far, whether it was through uh, the single that was released recently called Hollow, which I'll also link in the description below. They uh, also have you know, shown some of the backers a couple of the demos of some of the new tracks as well, and that was pretty awesome. They all sound fantastic. Can't wait to hear the 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 final product, the you know the the real deal, for lack of a better term. There, and uh, you know, if you want to kind of give them a listen, give them a listen on that link below. And then, if you're digging what you hear, uh, you know, go ahead and pre-order the album. It's only ten dollars to do so, and the URL will also be in the description. But in case you want to hear, it is smarturl.it backslash strange creatures and the s and c of strange creatures uh, are capitalized um so definitely make sure you go listen to those and check them out um i cannot recommend that band enough extremely talented musicians uh we've had zach foot of of that band on a couple of things before on our youtube channel we have interviewed kevin gorin their drummer before on culture shock and then like i said last week alex and i interviewed kellen mckay so, you know, they're a great group of guys that you should definitely kind of uh, take a look at. It's definitely a career to follow. My second ad is, uh, once again, sort of a self-serving thing a little bit here, uh, but uh, show number seven has joined the network, and that show is EQ and A. Uh, I really am super excited to have this show on the network um, because... I, I don't necessarily host it. I am just sort of your guide to each episode. Um, I basically talk for all of two minutes on the entire episode. Um, EQ&A, let me try this again. EQ&A is a premier podcast of interviews and panels with music and entertainment industry professionals, and they're done in a weekly forum at Loyola University of New Orleans. Um, and so, you know, we have the first two episodes up right now. Uh, the first one is an interview with Tank of Tank of the Bangas and her manager, uh, Tavia Osby. And the second episode is a sort of, uh, co-interview, um, between Ashley Sampson and Reed Martin. They are, are both the guests and also the interviewers. So they sort of interview each other and it's actually a lot of fun to hear that really great energy between the two of them and then also the audience. And uh, EQ&A is brought to you by Loyola University New Orleans, which is the school that I am at the moment of recording that's currently attending. Um, I will only be there for less than two months at this point. Um, There's only, I graduate in May, uh, and we've been talking about this for a while, about turning this classroom setting into a podcast because we get a lot of really great industry professionals in, and uh, I've been talking about how this message isn't just relevant to the kids in New Orleans. So it's really uh, a great joy to me to bring the message of these industry professionals and take it to the rest of the world. 
And uh, it's something that they are taking kind of a big risk on us with, but uh, they're going to give us this property, basically. And even after I leave, we're going to be running this show. Uh, I'm very excited to have it. Like I said, we've had a lot of really amazing guests uh, on the show before. Um, we've had people such as Kevin Lyman, who is the uh, founder and you know, owner and runner and everything of the Vans Warp Tour. And we've also had people such as g Easy. And as I've already mentioned, we had Tank of Tank and the Bangas, which is definitely great. I really love that episode. Tank and her manager are just such a great duo. And uh, the interviewer, Billy O'Connell, is actually one of my favorite teachers of all time. Great guy, uh, really great interviewer. So it's, you know, really in-depth conversation, I think. And um, it's just a fun, it's a fun way to kind of learn about the music and entertainment industry. So please give us a listen here on EQ&A, and you can find that on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, now we'll get back to the magical interview that we have going on already with uh, my good, good friend, Julie Roberts. Uh, so let's move on to a different question, though. We'll, we'll kind of get out of that just in case that does become a thing. We don't want to like over got it, got it. The, the, the network. Chloe is OJ's. Um, okay, now I'm done. <laughs> 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 All right. So what five like records or, you know, like albums, whatever, would you say are kind of in your rotation at the moment? Like what are the top five currently? for you? Okay. So the 1975 is my favorite band. Their first like release album, which was called the 1975 is always on rotation for me. Um, I discovered this new band called Muna. Um, they only have one album out, but they just released, um, like another set of acoustic versions of three of their songs. They have like a similar sort of vibe to the 1975. Um, I would say it's a little more pop. Um, and it's, uh-huh. um, they write really like lyrically beautiful songs. Um, but it has sort of still like this pop vibe so it's just as much fun to listen to the music as it is to listen to the words um Mm. so their album which i don't remember what it's called but it's the only album that they have so if somebody were to look it up they would find it um five albums okay so i always have taylor swift red on rotate because i was a taylor swift fan up until her album red which i'm realizing now was six years ago um jeez but Red is a great album. Um, it was when she started to identify as pop, but she wasn't like fully into her trashy, terrible lyrics phase. <laughs> um, sorry, maybe I'm like being too honest about her, but I don't know. No, she fine. was somebody I really looked up want. to like as an artist and as a person. And I, f- I sort of feel like I don't anymore. So I'm going to feel some type mm. of way. But yeah, Red is always on rotation for me. Um... This is tough because I feel like I'm not an album person. Like I, I'm sort of someone that like attaches to a group or an artist via a song. And then sometimes I'll like find other things by them that I like. Um, definitely Kanye okay, so West. Then, Sorry, I just thought about that. So then it, you're fine. So then if that's the case, then who would you say are your top five artists right now? Top five artists just right now, not like period. 
Yeah, I mean, because I think most people have their opinions change as, you know, like tomorrow you might be like, oh, I'm more into, you know, this person. Yeah, so definitely like top five favorite artists is still going to be the 1975. They're my favorite, 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, Muna is probably still going to be in my top five. I love the Japanese house. Um, They have this really... Well, it's technically just this one girl named Amber, and she, like, mixes her own music, but it's, like, very, like, spacey, and um, when you first hear her voice, like, you're not really sure if she's, you know, male or female or, you know, whatever other gender she could identify as. It's, um, I don't know, it's difficult to describe, but I definitely recommend anybody looking for something new to listen to the Japanese house. Um, I probably still have to say Taylor Swift. I have... All, I, I just like, you know, when you grow up with an artist and you have somebody writing songs about your experiences, who's also your age, um, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in words and with a tune that you can identify with that kind of never goes away. Um, even as you, you know, pass on from those teenage years of like needing those sad love songs, like even though I don't really need those anymore, it's like it's still a part of who I am. I sort of feel like Taylor Swift was like my third parent growing up. Um, and then, yeah, I still, I have to say Kanye West. I started talking about that before, but the way that he like kind of came into the rap world and just totally revolutionized like the playing field, like what's okay to do in rap music and, um, his album. And I don't even remember what it's called. Um, I think it's has 808 in it or something, but it is like, um, love lockdown on it, heartless on it. Amazing. Um, featuring young Jeezy. Um, yeah, Kanye is like, again, he's wrapped up in the Kardashians. You'll soon learn that like everything that I hold dear to me is somehow wrapped up into the Kardashians. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, was that five? I think so. <laughs> okay, so I said the 1975, I said Muna, the Japanese house, Taylor Swift, and Kanye West. And Kanye, yeah, 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 that's five. Perfect. Five. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more question before we get into our normal sort of wrap-up stuff. Sweet. Um, and I think this is this is a great question because, once again, I think it gets really personal and really to the heart of things. If you had to get knuckle tattoos right now, what would they say? Ew, Colin, this is so weird. Okay, um, knuckle tattoos? Yeah. Like, does it have to be a word? Would it be like five different images? Yeah, it could be, you know, it could be different images. Oh my god. I know. (laughs) This is like my worst nightmare. Like, somebody's like, (laughs) Julie, you have to get a knuckle tattoo. (laughs) Um... Um, I would probably try to make it related to something that I know is going to, like, last in my life. Um, theater is, like, the cheesy obvious choice. Um, but that might be something where, because I do want a 1975 tattoo, but maybe that would be, like, 1975 is four. Yeah, I would do yeah. one, one, nine, seven, five on my fingers. Yes. Perfect. Love it. Um, don't, don't ever change. Um, all right, so. We're going to get into like our sort of wrap up section. And once again, because this whole show is inspired by you, um, my whole wrap up section is based off of a a new rule that you implemented in our pen pal stuff. Right. So what we do is, is we ask a question to each other. Um, So first I will read or first I will ask you the question that was asked on the last episode. 
and we'll both answer that one, and then you'll give us a question, and then you'll give us a question um, that is uh, what you'll answer, and then my next guest and I will answer on the next mm-hmm. episode. So the question that was asked on the last episode was from Holly Chatfield Flanagan, and the question was, who is, for you, your top like uh, female hero in you know in today's like culture or like more like uh, like pop culture Mm -hmm. um her answer was liz lemon um but and i know that you have a lot but uh you know i think that there's one answer that i think is somewhat obvious for you but i'll let you uh you decide i i don't know if i understand the question okay so um your favorite like you know strong female character Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then, I mean, in that case, I would probably have to say Les- Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation. Um, is that the obvious answer you're thinking of? Yeah. Well, not like obvious, like, sorry, not obvious, like, as in it's obvious for everyone, but I mean, like, as in, like, I know you and I know what you love, but that's why I was like, I, I want to hear you talk about Leslie Nope because you love that show so much. And those are things that I think have always been important to me. Maybe I haven't intellectualized them in that way. Um, you know, obviously she's a, a character and so she, mm-hmm. some of the things that she's able to accomplish and do, like, you know, she always <laughs> comes in with these elaborate gifts and she's like, Oh, I stayed up all night and I sewed your face onto 10 pillows. And, you know, obviously things like that aren't real, but I think, you know, mm-hmm. sh- the spirit of gift giving is also something that's always been important to me. Um, you know, like, not just gift giving for the sake of, oh, like this is your birthday or this is Christmas, but like, um, I'm getting you something for your birthday or for Christmas because you're super important to me. And I like want you to know that, um, you know, you're worth my time and my effort and also money. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Leslie Nope has really just become this sort of person to aspire to be, you know, she's the moon. And so you shoot for the moon and you land among the stars in the saying. Um, so I obviously would never be Leslie Nope. And there's definitely things that separate me from Leslie Nope, um, like love of the government. Um, but, uh, you know, just like her, her, her spirit, you know, to be, um, you know, to be passionate in everything that you do to love really hard to just be a hundred percent of who you are and to take care of the people that matter to you and know that they'll take care of you back. I mean, that's something that I think as much as I love the office and I love the characters and relationships in that show, I think parks is more successful in, you know, conveying <laughs> what it means to have relationships that matter to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that was such a good answer. And I do also think the same thing actually for you, right? Which is that like there are there are a lot of similarities, and uh, very many times in my life you've been a Leslie Note for me. Um, <laughs> oh, thank and you! It's been wonderful, um, and you know it, it. I think it's that thing of good writing and good characters and everything like that can actually rub off on people because mm-hmm. I mean I think you've always been a great friend, but I mean I think it's just that thing of you're one of those people that I know that truly understands like relationships with people mm, and not, not like, like just romantic relationships. Like, I mean, like, you know, like any form of relationship, whether it's business or friendship or whatever, you know, I've, I've always felt like you do a great job at that. Oh, well, thank you. Super quick. Um, so my answer to it is, uh, you know, I, I don't want to obviously use any of the answers that anybody else 
gave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would probably say um, Leia Organa from Star Wars, right? Um, you, know, you say right, but I, I like of... know nothing about Star Wars, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's okay. But I mean, it's that thing of, um, you know, so many people, I think, especially now, there's a lot of this weird butthurt white dudes out there talking about this last movie, <laughs> and they're like, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, there's all this stuff about like Princess Leia and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. yes, that was that, right. But she also was a general. Mm. And like, it's not just because she wasn't a general just because she was a princess. Like, she was a general because like she like fucking got shit done yeah she knew her stuff i right and i appreciate that so much and it's that thing of you know yeah maybe not everything the way that like went back in that day when people were filming things and writing scripts maybe not everything was super great for women Mm, then yeah but the thing is that like not just that character but also carrie fisher she was very much like no bullshit and you know, there was a lot of stuff that was kind of thrown at her that she was like, no. Oh, you know, rest in peace. Kind of put her foot rest down. In power. Yeah, rest in peace. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like she's, I think that she's a very, I think it's one of the, the first examples, I think, in movies of a well-rounded female character that mm-hmm. isn't written as like only a love interest kind yeah. of thing. Um, and like, as like a woman of power, but like not because she was like, just sort of like given it or like she was like born into it I mean, or, or anything like that. I mean, like to a certain extent she was born into like the princess stuff cause she was adopted by a family and stuff. But like she, she wasn't just like that thing because that's what she was. Like she went out and did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I've always thought was great was the not imagery, but like almost like the metaphor for, uh, for I think really kind of real life where she in the sixth movie, you know, she's forced by Jabba the Hutt, this greasy, gross slug dude, to wear this very revealing and very kind of demeaning outfit, um, but is, you know, attached to him by a chain. And she then uses that chain to take his life. Yes. You know? So, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's like this really great thing of like, you know, trying to show that like you are trying to oppress me, but like I will then turn around and use it against you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just think it's a... I think it's a really strong character, really strongly written. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, like, it was unfortunate that she passed. Um, but the those those three characters together, Luke, Leia, and Han, I think are just such a strong uh, trio. And yeah. it would not be as strong if she wasn't a part of it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so then uh, what's your question? Uh, for you. So you have, like, fun questions. I don't know if this is, like, a fun question. Um, but I I think I don't think I've ever had a conversation with you about this before. So I want to know. Mm-hmm. OK, so there are like sub questions because of who I am as a person. So I'm sorry. Right. Um, but my first question is, do you believe in ghosts? And then my sub question is, if you do, what are they or who are they? Interesting. Well, you have to go first. You know that. OK, so I 100 percent believe in ghosts. Um, and I think because to me, who or what ghosts are is like energy. So I, I guess I just think of like, you know, when people die, like I'm sure that, you know, the person died, like their brain is dead, who they are is dead. But like the same way that people talk about how like energy is never created or lost, it's just like recycled. Like I feel like people's energy has to be the same way. And so I don't know if ghosts exist as they do in the movies where, like you can see shadows or people in hats or 
whatever. But I think like people's energies like have to keep going on and have to keep existing. And maybe that means that sometimes like if someone that you love has passed, sometimes like you, you, you feel like you can feel their energy or that you can feel their presence or like you see something that reminds you of them and you get this feeling. And it just makes me think that like that can't be coming from nowhere. So I, I think like the concept of people's, I don't want to use the word soul. I don't know how I feel about that word yet, but you know, people's energy, I think in a certain way, like has to stick around. And so if that's a comparable way of like talking about ghosts, then I think I definitely mm. believe in ghosts. Wow. That is such a good answer and a very like different answer than I've, I think I've ever heard anyone give to that sort of question. Oh, interesting. Um, so thank you so much for that question. And my answer will be on the next episode because that's Are how- Are you shitting me? That's how the format works. It's the Colin. same thing as letters. I know. I wanted to hear your answer. I'll, I'll tell you off the air. I'll tell you off the air. Um, I, so- uh, Listen, everyone, I'm getting meantime, special treatment. Sorry, go ahead. There you go. Of course, always. Um, so, Julie, if people want to find you, not like on the street, but I mean, like if people want to- like follow you and find, you know, where you're doing your uh, acting and stuff like that. Where can people follow and find you? Well, I am on Facebook. My name is Julie Roberts. I realize that it might be tough to find Julie Roberts, um, but I am in the Philadelphia area. Usually that comes up. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. My name is uh, Julie Marie, which is J-E-W-E-L. E-E-M-A-R-I-E-E. -E -E. I made it in college. I know it's really extra. Um, <laughs> and on Instagram, I am at Pawnee Ranger Goddess, uh, which is in reference to a Parks and Recreation episode. If you don't get it, I'm sorry, and you need to watch the show. Um, I am on Pinterest, but you don't want to follow me on there because it's just a bunch of mushy crap. Uh, so I would say... <laughs> And I'm not on any, I know y'all are thinking about it. I am not on any dating sites because that's a, that's a conversation for another time, but I'm not on there. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to find me on the street, come to West Philadelphia. Born and raised. I'm not, but I do live here now. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as for me, if you want to find me on Twitter or Instagram or really anywhere, you can find me at Colin M. Parker. Um, as always, I want to give a shout out to the Scavengers Network because I own it, uh, which is crazy, right? I can say that now. I actually Whoa. own a business. That's pretty wild, right? Um, so yeah, thanks to the Scavengers Network for, for hosting this. Uh, you know, we have a lot of really great shows on the network, such as Historical Hotties, uh, brand new to the network, but not a brand new show. Love that show so much. Go give them some love. Spooky Spouses. Uh, I just the other day sent Jordan and Lindsay Reed a Ouija board because they were talking about how they don't have one. Uh, State Your Case, which is fantastic. Sam is an amazing uh, host, I mean, and all of his guests really do a great job of presenting their states. Um, uh, Academy Outcasts, uh, they just did another episode that came out the day that we recorded this. Uh, and... Um, you know, uh, of course, Journey Under 30, right? Uh, that's my show with Alex. And EQ&A, which is brand new. You should be checking that out because that is just so much fun. It's a great format. Uh, it's really fun to bring the message that these professionals bring to our school and then take it to bring it to the world. Um, and coming up in just a couple of weeks here, 
Uh, I would like to point out that we have kind of a special event happening. Um, I don't know if we are actually going to mention it on the shows before we actually do it or not. So I'm just going to sort of leave it as a teaser. Um, but in the meantime, the next episode of The Bad Pen Pal will be out on April 3rd. And, uh, you know, we'll see you all then. Julie, thank you so much for joining us here. Paul, and thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I love you to death, and we're definitely going to have to have you on again at some point. Yay! Oh my gosh, I would love to. So thank you everyone so much for joining us here on The Bad Pen Pal. As always, I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Julie Roberts. And I'll write you back soon. 